This week's episode is brought to you by the YSP online membership community, giving you access to the Strata experts. For exclusive member-only benefits, including a Q&A forum, how-to videos, bylaw templates, and more, go to yourstrataproperty.com.au slash membership. Welcome to Your Strata Property, the podcast for property owners looking for reliable, accurate, and bite-sized information from an experienced and authoritative source. To access previous episodes and useful strata tips, go to www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. Hello and welcome. I'm Amanda Farmer and this is Your Strata Property. Today I have a real treat for you. I have invited on the show Sean McNamara. Now, Sean is a member of the YSP online community. He is a resident owner in a Sydney Strata scheme. And he has served as either the chair or the secretary of his strata scheme since the building's first AGM in 2013. Sean's building is in Wollstonecraft in Sydney, and I've invited him on the show today to share with all of you his experience of living in a newly stratted building. So Sean's building wasn't built from the ground up as a strata building. It was I assume it was originally a Torrens title building and a developer has come in and decided to refurbish the building and to strata it. The developer has then sold the strata units and Sean was one of the very first owners in this new stratted building. So Sean has had a unique experience and he's learned an enormous amount which he is here today to share with you. So today I am delighted to welcome Sean McNamara, committee member and member of the YSP online community. Welcome, Sean. Thanks, Amanda. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Pleasure to have you, Sean. Now, before we get stuck into our discussion, I want to let our listeners know that we have a bonus download for them today. So Sean and I together have prepared a summary fact sheet, which includes Sean's tips, some of which we're going to cover today and some of which we might not have time to get to. But they're Sean's tips for buying into or living in a new strata building, whether that's a newly built building from the ground up or a building like Sean's that was already in existence and a developer's come along, done the refurb and strated it. Sean has already shared with me a fabulously long list of what he's learned from being part of that process. And we want to now share that knowledge and that experience with you. So to get your bonus download for this episode, head over to yourstrataproperty.com.au slash new building. That's yourstrataproperty.com.au slash new building. And you can request a copy of Sean's tips be emailed straight to your inbox. Okay. So with that, Sean, can you start by giving us some background on your situation? When did you buy and what did you buy into? Sure. So my wife and I bought our unit in December, 2012, and the refurbishing developer had bought the whole block of 10 units and was selling them as either, as you said, refurbished or unrefurbished. The strata plan had never been registered for the block, and as part of the refurbishment, the developer registered that strata plan. Mm -hmm. The developer also undertook some refurbishment of the common property along with the individual lots. Right. Okay. When you settled and you're moving in, you're expecting to move into a completed unit, everything done, perhaps a few touch-up things, what did you move into? 
we were the only ones who actually bought unrefurbished, so we right, okay. we bought what we what we got. But everybody else was exactly in that situation. They were expecting to buy into a completed unit, and there were just general issues around, primarily finish. Mm-hmm. But the workers on site, their favourite tool was a tin of um, or a tube of uh, silicon sealer. Oh yes, yep. We're all familiar with that in strata land. So if they said, oh, there's an issue here, they'd, they'd get up there and they'd pump out the silicon sealant and give it a whack of you know, very watered down paint. You know, you can see drip marks in the paint. You can see the old paint coming through. There was a, a tool dropped on one of the baths, one of the plastic baths, and it gouged out a great big scratch. You know, it was like a few millimetres deep scratch in the bath. They just silicon sealed that up. And, of course, the first time that bath had a bit of hot water, then cold and thermal expansion that just popped out and there was this great big gouge in that bath Mm. it was just generally quite sloppy work overall within the units just about the only work everybody was happy with who had the refurbishment was the kitchen and that was because they actually got a specialist kitchen place in to do the kitchens so they did that properly which actually surprised us all right but then that just carried over into the common property and even more so because there was no scope of works given there was just a lot of stuff that was not done. Mm. Painting wasn't done when it was supposed to or it was you know, done in one block but not the other because mm. we've got two buildings in our block. And all of this completely blindsided you? You didn't expect to come into this building? You thought everything would be nicely done, at least for the owners who had bought and paid extra, no doubt, for their refurbished apartment. This was all a complete surprise and how did I get into this situation? Well, exactly. And it was just the extent to which not only was the work not done, but it was, you know, that attempt to avoid actually completing the work, which it really was a surprise how far they would go to after promising something to then not do it. Mm. And the absolute refusal to put things down on paper. You know, I understand why now, because something's not down on paper, it's easy to say, well, we never said we'd do that. Mm. And that just makes it very hard to, to deal with. And did you have any experts assisting you? Did you have any independent building experts, any lawyers, a strata manager? Were there any third parties involved helping you deal with the developer? Yeah, there was. So the developer, because he'd registered the strata plan, obviously we would need to have the first AGM at some point. He appointed a strata manager who we've been very happy with, in fact, and I think he uses them for all his buildings. So the strata manager who was appointed to us as well as one of the principals of that business helped us in that initial phase and gave us a lot of guidance about what we might or might not actually reasonably expect from a, from a developer heading towards the first AGM and in our situation. I ended up attending a lot of strata industry events, mm. a real, you know, went Everyone I could from OCN, from SCA. A crash course in strata. From, you know, everybody I would go and I would, if it seemed like the person there could have an opinion about one of the things were challenges we were facing, I would approach them afterwards and I would have a chat and I was able to send detailed questions to some lawyers and other mm. strata managers and just ask general questions or specific questions about what we were facing. So I just tried to do everything I could. It was very unclear whether we should engage a lawyer, no offence, <laughs> because there was, for example, the developer built two balconies of two units, or one, one on each unit, without council approval. Right. And the council fined him, although they incorrectly fined 
my wife and I first. Oh goodness! So I sent it to the wrong people, and we're like, <laughs> we don't have a, we don't have a balcony. We'd like one, but we don't have one. Oh dear! And so that's how we knew that he had been fined. So when I handed that fine letter over to the site foreman, he basically looked at it, smiled, and said, "Oh, that's okay." He's got lawyers. He'll just make this problem go away. Right. And so we knew, and especially as things went on and we continued to make claims about what we wanted, it was very clear that he was just willing to block everything and just engage his lawyers to to make problems go away. And his workers were very blasé about that as if, well, that's just the way he works. So, Sean, how did you as a building resolve all of this? Because it sounds like you're in a a pretty good position now. You've got your home. It's nice and comfortable. How did you get from A to B? With a lot of perseverance, actually. I, as chair, although I know the chair doesn't technically have any more power than anybody else on the executive committee, soon to be strata committee, of course, I knew that it was a position that other people would tend to follow. So, I sort of was quite keen to become the chair of the committee from the start because I was very motivated to have things done around the building. Mm. So I basically, as chair, engaged in a campaign to try and push the developer to do the work Mm. or perhaps get a cash settlement. And that campaign lasted 13 months. It involved numerous hours of gathering information, talking to industry experts wherever I could, I ended up across that period of time writing six letters that totaled five and a half thousand words. I'm very good at writing letters. Uh, Lots of pictures. I always kept things as factual and as calm as possible, Mm -hmm. but was just persevered. It was just that consistent pressure against the developer. I researched the responsibilities uh, developers had. I leveraged the good relationship I had with the on-site workers, including the foreman. I just made sure my arguments were always as level-headed, clear and consistent as possible. I didn't get angry at the workers on site. They're just basically following the instructions from above. So I always made sure I was just applying the pressure through the solicitor to the developer. Mm. And I investigated and utilized every single person and resource that I could to keep pushing that forward. And in the end, we got some of the works done and we got a small, small smallish cash settlement. But I suspect that that effort garnered more work and money than other buildings left by this developer, given the usual way he he operates. Mm. Just remind me, Sean, how big is your building? How many lots? Ten lots. All right. So not a huge building, but still plenty of work there for you. And it's amazing that you got that much achieved in what I think is such a short space of time. And just to clarify for our listeners, you're not a retiree, are you, with plenty of time on your hands? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm I'm self-employed. And there was a reasonable amount of self-interest, although, you know, I'm very interested in in having a very good strata community and doing the right thing by the community. But I knew that if the developer left us in a mess, that would then be shared with only nine other owners. And so proportional cost could be quite high. Our building was registered with equal unit entitlements. It wasn't based on, on value. And we actually had one of the cheaper units in the building. So we are already paying what is technically a disproportionate amount Mm. in levies and and other costs. And I didn't want that to come back if we were having issues with leaking balconies or other things that he'd not done. For example, there was a fire order from North Sydney that was issued from North Sydney Council that was issued during the refurbishment. And it 
had this great big long list of tasks that the developer was supposed to follow, including having the scope of works to get up to spec signed off by an appropriate expert. He didn't bother with any of that. He just got somebody in and did a whole heap of work related to fire safety. Mm. And so council, because they didn't hear, they started to get quite agitated and, and wanting to take further action. And it was only through fairly hard work by our strata manager's fire department in negotiations with the council to say, this is the work that's been done. We feel that this satisfies what you're trying to achieve. There are a couple of small extra issues that they asked us to fix up. But our strata manager was warning us, if the council decides not to accept the work that's been done, this could end up being an exceedingly expensive operation. Mm. So that was a big part of where I was coming from, of trying to avoid not only for ourselves, but everybody, but certainly for ourselves, these sort of extraordinary costs that we could have been left with. And he's just gone off and, and he's working on another two or three buildings as soon as he's finished ours. Mm. And did you have the support of the other owners or some of the other owners? Was there any conflict within the building itself to do with these issues? There wasn't because we were the first to buy. We basically, I made it my job not only to befriend the the workers but also owners as they came in. Yes, very important. Um, basically made sure that I knew which units sold when so that I knew when the first AGM was going to be triggered. I just basically made sure that the agents gave my details to everybody as they came in so that mm. I could say, I could tell you know, even by the time the second unit sold, which was three or four months after ours, I could tell that there would potentially be issues and that we would need to have a very strong sort of bind in the strata community to push this forward. And so I had absolute support from all the owners and from the strata committee in all the things that I was doing mm. to push this forward. So we were very lucky because we all bought at the same time. They're all facing similar issues within their own refurbishments and therefore also they could recognise those same issues in the common property. We really were a, a coordinated band of mm. people applying pressure, both individually for lot issues and collectively as a, as a scheme. Yes, and I can see how that was achieved through you really laying that strong foundation. As you said, when new owners bought in, you made sure that they knew you, they knew where everything was at, they knew what the issues were, and you were all on exactly. the same page. And I think that is such great grounding, such great work to be doing when you know you're going to have a, a long and difficult fight on your hands. When you have that support, it just makes things that much easier. It really does, and we're, we're still reaping the rewards from that. We have overall what I would consider a very smooth operation of our scheme, and it's partly because we're all, we're all great people, mm -hmm. but it's just I think if you build a community from the start, it's a lot easier than trying to build one after the fact. Yes, and I that love really that. Has come, you know, that really has come out to play for us in a very significant and, and positive way. Yep, excellent. Okay, well, Sean, you have already shared with us some really great tips on how to deal with developers in these situations and how to deal with these situations generally. No doubt we have some listeners who are listening in today and they're in the midst of a very similar situation or they've just bought into a strata scheme and it's, they're suddenly coming to the realisation that, hey, I think this is my building. What are some action steps, some quick wins that those kinds of listeners can take today and can have when they're looking at similar problems? Okay. Well, the first thing I would absolutely say is be persistent and consistent in all your dealings with the developer. 
Make a list as early as possible of the issues needing attention. And you have to decide which ones you're willing to forgo as bargaining chips or as part of a settlement. Such great advice. Yep. Get to know your rights and any obligations a developer may have. The Department of Fair Trading, local councils, strata managers, just communicate with them and try and find out what it is the developer is supposed to hand over. You may not get all of that. We certainly didn't get any documentation relating to the refurbishment of the building except for the registered strata plan. So the requirements of the first AGM, as you know, there are supposed to be specific documents that are provided. We tried to push, for example, for as-built plans for these two balconies. We never got anything. It was annoying that the council never required certification on those balconies. We tried to push for that. It ended up that it was individual lot owners sort of who did not push for those certifications on those two balconies. So the owners corporation itself couldn't do too much. We just tried to bring our pressure to bear where we could. If there is a refurbishment going on or ongoing and you're able to see that refurbishment happening, establish as friendly a relationship with the workers on site as possible. Mm, Good tip. You may not feel their work is up to scratch, but as I said, they are only working under instruction from the main developer. And it's amazing how much general information you can get about what is happening or what is not going to happen. But also, if you're friendly with them, it's amazing how much they'll just say, if you say there's a problem with this door or something, oh, we'll just go and fix it. And they go and do it because you're friendly to them. We even had a uh, barbecue with them. Wow. Finishing up. <laughs> just just once again, because they had helped us. The on-site workers had helped us yeah. in a way that the developer would not have directed them to. Good on you. So that was useful. And all of this really comes down to just being as resourceful as you possibly can be. Be prepared to think outside the box. Gather information, resources, ideas. Use Google. Use the LPI website for searches if mm. you need to. Social media might help if you need to sort of start a little bit of a campaign there. Yeah. Speak to your strata manager. Find out if they're the strata manager you want to keep, the ones who are appointed. Yep. Go to as many strata industry events as possible as soon as possible. And just basically talk to anybody and everybody who might be able to help you with your specific questions. I love that. They are such good tips, Sean. And these are, if you're listening and you're driving or you're at the gym and you don't have the opportunity to write all this down in your notebook, don't worry. These are the kinds of tips that are going to be in the bonus download fact sheet that Sean and I are putting together. They are great tips. They're really practical. It's the kind of stuff that I see successful buildings, buildings who are and committees who are successfully working their ways through these problems today. This is the kind of stuff that they're doing. And I think it's such valuable information to get out there and for people to know that you can solve these problems if you just take that practical approach with some good guidance. Yep, absolutely. Okay, Sean, what books have had the greatest impact on you and why? Okay, well, I've always loved science and Richard Dawkins' The Selfish Gene has always been a very interesting book for me because it's a real seminal work in the area of evolutionary theory, Mm. but it is a popular science title I mean, people often don't realise this whole idea of memes, you know, that you see on the internet these days with cats or whatever. Meme is a concept that Richard Dawkins coined within the Selfish Gene book. Oh, I didn't know Uh, that. Yeah, it's a fascinating read and some of the follow-up books as well after that were were also great. Of course, this is a Strata podcast, so the second book I have to mention is Alex Ilkin's excellent New South Wales Strata and Community Schemes Management and the Law book. Good on you. That has so much. We actually picked 
a secondhand copy off eBay uh, at a very good price. And it's been an invaluable resource for us for forms, for knowledge, for just guidance on how we just move forward and, and what we may or may not expect within the whole scheme. Yeah, good on you. That's a really good tip also for owners who are looking to find out a little bit more about Strata. It's okay to pull out these books that that are on your lawyer's desk, that are on your Strata manager's desk and have a look through them. Strata, as much as on its face it it seems complex, there's a lot of user-friendly aspects to it, I think, and easily understandable concepts once you've got your hands on the right content. And I agree, uh, Alex Ilkin does a great job in his handbook of getting those concepts across in an easily digestible way. It's certainly a book I had my hands on a lot when I first started out in this sector, and it's great to hear the owners are getting in on the action too. (laughs) Just have to wait for the next edition now (laughs) with the reforms. (laughs) That's right. Thank you so much for that, Sean. That has been so valuable. Is there anything that you'd like to add before we say goodbye? Actually, I'd like to say thank you for starting this podcast. As a My lot pleasure. Of committee member, I find the guests and topics are always relevant. Thank um, you. Information is the key to knowing how to deal with living in Strava. Mm. And I encourage listeners to be proactive in seeking that information and all the resources you can, and whether it's for good, you know, problem issues or just general issues. And this podcast has been a great learning tool for me even after everything we've been through. I'm still learning things through this podcast. So, thank you. Oh, that is wonderful to hear. Thank you so much, Sean. That's really kind. And it um, it really drives me when I do hear that from owners and from listeners. It pushes me to keep delivering and to take this to the next level. So, thank you so much for sharing that. No worries. Okay. So, don't forget to head over to yourstrataproperty.com.au slash new building to grab your bonus download for this episode. The fact sheet prepared by Sean and myself summarizing Sean's tips, and we certainly haven't covered all of them today. Tips on buying into and living in a new strata building, particularly when that building has some problems. Don't miss out on grabbing that one. Thanks for joining us today, Sean. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you for listening to Your Strata Property, the podcast which consistently delivers to property owners reliable and accurate information about their strata property. You can access all the information below this episode via the show notes at www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. You can also ask questions in the comments section, which Amanda will answer in her upcoming episodes. How can Amanda help you today? 